Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the StayMarriedFlorida.com podcast series. My name is Christopher Bruce. I'm an attorney in South Florida, and I have the pleasure of being joined today by Susan Block. Susan is a licensed marriage and family therapist located also in the South Florida area. She works with couples and also with individuals. And today what we're going to be talking about is the topic of infidelity and how it can affect a relationship and how couples can uh, deal with it and hopefully overcome it in their relationship. So, Susan, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today about kind of a a sensitive topic for a lot of people. If, If you can, maybe just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and your practice, and we'll get into this here. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for having me, Um, and hi, everyone. Uh, This is a great opportunity to share with your audience what I love to do, Um, so thank you again. So I am a licensed marriage and family therapist located in South Florida, and I specialize in working with couples and individuals going through various issues, um, sometimes very complicated issues with their partner or spouse, and some of the issues I see in my practice are communication issues, intimacy issues, Um, sometimes there's a lack of connection with a couple, Um, and I also do specialize in working with a very delicate and sensitive subject of infidelity, and I see that primarily in my practice. So, you know, I'm really passionate about assisting couples and building, you know, strong and solid foundation in their relationship, and I do so in my office, and I do also do in-home therapy um, in the Tri-County area in South Florida. Perfect. And I guess as we're getting into this topic of infidelity, I think uh, coming um, from you would probably be the best way uh, to explain it. Um, you know, what what is infidelity and, and how do you uh, see it in, impacting couples and their relationships? I think some people um, really have different um, views of what infidelity is and, and what it means, and perhaps you can elaborate on that. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm really glad we're starting out with that question, which is what is infidelity? And, you know, it is different for, you know, different couples, and it really varies, you know, what the definition is, and it can almost have some gray areas within the definition. So the way I describe infidelity is it's a betrayal of trust and it also is about secret keeping. And so to me, those are the two main descriptions of what infidelity is. Now, within a relationship, you know, one partner can think something is um, okay to do. For example, you know, with social media these days, there's a lot of connections that are not just sexual connections, but they're just friendly or they're, you know, innocent and one person can think it's okay to, you know, write a private message through social media, just reconnecting with a high school person that they were friends with and the other partner can think that's, you know, a betrayal of some kind. So infidelity is if there is secrets where one partner is doing something behind the other person's back simply because they know their partner would not like it. And in those cases, you really have to look at that and say, that's not okay, and it's going to betray the trust of my partner. And so I think it varies from couple to couple, 
And I think it's important for couples to know what's okay and what's not okay. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I'm just curious just from uh, to ask you based on your experience in working with couples on this, but I'm sure there's a, a lot of answers to, to this question um, because no couple is the same, but just from your experience, I mean, what are the, the typical reasons why um, one partner will um, engage in infidelity and perhaps, you know, pursue um, a relationship or communication outside of, of their marriage or relationship with their partner? Great question, Chris. Um, I think this is a question that a lot of couples and a lot of people in general want to know. Like, what makes someone step out of their intimate relationship? And I think a lot of people immediately think of, you know, sex, that their partner is, you know, wanting sex from, you know, someone else outside of their relationship. And, you know, I'm sure in some instances that might be the case. Um, Some people might even have maybe an addiction to sex or even a a drug or alcohol addiction that is kind of interfering in their relationship and causing them to do things that maybe typically they wouldn't do. Um, Or they might have, you know, porn addictions or other types of addictions. And so in a lot of um, cases, that might be why people step away. What I have seen mostly in my practice, and I think the research actually supports this, is that when couples feel disconnected from their partner, that this kind of creates space in between the the couple. And over time, that disconnection becomes um, much harder to deal with And sometimes they don't even realize that there is this space between them um, because they're so busy, you know, with raising their kids, working crazy hours, um, you know, they're trying to maintain their bills, their house, they're driving the kids to and from places, you know, homework, all these different factors that happen in couples over time kind of creates this space over time. And so when there's that empty space and it becomes bigger and bigger over the years, we end up needing to fill the space with other things. For some people, they might fill it with shopping or they might fill that empty space with, you know, overeating. And for others, they step out of the relationship and create some connections that are intimate with another person. And over time, that relationship can really interfere with the intimate relationship that they have with their partner. That makes sense. And sometimes it's it's hard for people, at least, at least in my experience as a divorce lawyer, to see maybe that's what got them to, to where they are when I, I see them and talk to them. Um, but, you know, just from what you see working with couples that have been through or are going through this process, does infidelity or even, you know, an actual affair have to mean the end of a relationship? I mean, how how do you see that? For some couples, it might be the end of the relationship. And those are the couples that never make it through my door. Those are the couples that, that's a deal breaker for them, where this has happened and they are, you know, calling, you know, a lawyer like yourself, and and starting the process of separation and divorce. 
for other couples, even though they might have thought this was going to be the end of the relationship, when it actually happens to them, they might have a change of heart. And so the good news in, in this very difficult time is that there is a lot of hope when both people are really wanting to, to make that change and work through this, I call it a traumatic event. And there's a lot of great work that they can do. It will take some time. It's going to take, I, I say, rolling up your sleeves and kind of getting a little dirty. Um, but it will definitely um, help the relationship. For some couples I've worked with, they will actually just after the journey of, of therapy to say the relationship is better than it was when they first met. Wow. So there's a lot of hope that can come from this. That's a hard thing for a new couple just starting out in this process to even consider, and I get that. But the good news is that there's a process that a really good marriage and family therapist can walk you through um, to help you through that journey. All right. Now, I guess kind of parts of that that journey and, you know, understanding of what might be involved with it is, is what we're going to be talking about here now. And I'll talk a little bit about how all this can work from the perspective of uh, the partner who is hurt and also the unfaithful partner and then, you know, how uh, they might uh, work to get through this. And I guess just to, to start, um, for the unfaithful partner, the partner who uh, you know, engaged in the infidelity, uh, what are some of the things that they need to understand about how uh, their partner, the hurt partner, is feeling when um, infidelity or an affair is discovered? And just from your experience with this, uh, what should the unfaithful partner be doing um, if their affair is discovered and they realize that, you know, they, they want to stay in the relationship? This isn't what they wanted to have happen. And, and I'm really glad you asked very specifically about the um, unfaithful partner and, you know, kind of separating the two right now because when a couple comes in and the unfaithful partner is wanting to make things better, they're very confused about what they can do. They've done a lot of damage by making some difficult choices in the relationship and now they want to make the repair and that can, you know, they... They're, they feel very out of control of what they can do. So what I'd like to do is, is really give them kind of a roadmap of what they can begin to do initially to give them a sense of control and to help the relationship very early on. I so think that, sorry to interrupt, I, I mean, I think okay. that this is going to be you know, great for people. I mean, just with a lot of the questions I'm commonly asked, whether just people who know me or you know people in my office is, you know, my, my spouse says they, they want a, a divorce, but I don't. What do I do? So for those people listening, if that's, you know, kind of you, you, you need to listen up to this. Definitely. And, you know, a lot of times the unfaithful partner will say, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for what I did. Let's move forward. I'm willing to, you know, cut ties with that person. I, I, I love you and you're who I want to be with. Let's move forward. Let's move on. And that's great. But in order for them to be able to, for their partner to be able to move forward, sometimes they have to step back. I, I use this analogy of the bow and arrow, where when you want, you know, an arrow to move forward, you have to first pull all the way back. 
in order to be able to have that arrow move forward. And so sometimes we have to, first of all, slow things down and take a step back before you're able to move forward. And that's a really important first step to understand, that you can help your partner by simply slowing things down and just letting them backtrack. So here are some things that they can begin to do. The first thing is admitting what they did. And not just admitting it, but doing so genuinely, empathetically. You know, it's one thing to say, I'm sorry. It's another thing to sit with your partner, hold their hand, and say, oh, my, I am so deeply sorry for how badly I hurt you. That comes off very different than just, I'm sorry. And there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of good that comes in that empathetic apology taking full ownership um, over the choice and the behavior that they did. Now, also understanding that there are reasons that this happened, and it's important for both partners to understand what went wrong in the relationship. And for both people, they will need to take some ownership and accept responsibility. But right now, we're really concentrating on the unfaithful partner, so it's about them admitting and taking responsibility for what they did. That's the first thing. The second thing is transparency. Really being an open book. For example, you know, all the codes um, that you have on your cell phone or your iPad, um, sharing those codes with your partner. Um, Leaving the phone out. You know, if you typically bring the phone with you all over the house, put the phone down on the table and just So it lets your partner know that you're not engaging with that technology. Um, Also, being open to showing text messages or emails um, or even um, letting the other person know that you're cutting off the contact with the other person that they were involved with and letting them know if that other person has made any future contact with them. Being an open book and saying, you know, so-and-so, contacted me today, and I didn't respond to them, but I wanted to let you know. The next thing is consistency. And this is probably one of the biggest ones, that no matter what you decide to do, being consistent on a regular day-to-day basis is an opportunity every day to build trust. And so the more consistent you stay with these um, different um, suggestions, the more your partner will begin to trust sooner than later. And, you know, check in with your partner throughout the day um, just by, you know, sending a, a text message to say, I'm thinking of you. Or, you know, even texting them to say, you know, I'm getting ready to go to a meeting. I just wanted to reach out to you. Um, Letting your partner know where you're going. You know, if they're nervous um, about the drive that you take home from work because they're afraid you're going to stop to meet someone before coming home, you know, call them in the car and have a conversation with them in the car on the way home. So checking in and, and being consistent with that is really important. And I think just understanding that You know, this rebuilding trust is going to take time, but more importantly, what you do with that time. 
And the last thing is being open to answering questions. And this is a difficult one. But your partner has just dis- you know, discovered this very um, traumatic event that took place. So this is very new for them. And for the unfaithful partner, they've known about this since the beginning. So your partner has a lot of questions, and they're kind of going back through their thinking and their timeline of events in the past, and they have a lot of questions to ask. So although it's a very uncomfortable thing to talk about, the more open you are to answering questions, the better things will be. That all seems to make a lot of sense to me and seems to be pretty practical ways for the unfaithful partner to be thinking if they they want a chance of making, you know, everything work or the the relationship getting past the infidelity. And, you know, I guess there's there's two sides to this, though, Susan. And, you know, in terms of, you know, the hurt partner, the the partner who did not venture outside of the relationship or engage in in infidelity, because not everything, you know, about infidelity is, you know, an actual affair. I mean, for that hurt partner, is, is there anything that, they should be especially sensitive to or mindful of you know, after finding out about their, their partner's infidelity if they really want, at the end of the day, uh, the relationship to uh, survive. Great question, and, and I'm glad we're, we're talking about, you know, the, the hurt partner because, you know, look, this was something that was done to them, and they can almost feel like I've been mentioning, that this is a traumatic event that took place. And, you know, when I talk about trauma, this is understanding that um, you're in shock or you begin to have these thoughts that are out of control thinking, that are spiraling out of control to the point where it's interfering with your concentration, um, interfering with sleep, Um, You might have what we call flashbacks where you are, you know, um, in the car and a song comes on and maybe that was a song that your partner, you know, was playing when they were talking about the, um, you know, the, the infidelity and that's a flashback for you. Or certain times of the year can be flashbacks or a certain location maybe you know that they went to. Um, It could be the soccer field. Um, that your kids play soccer at, and now you no longer can go to that soccer field because you're having flashbacks and thoughts. So I think for the hurt partner, just understanding that the pain that you're going through is real and that this process to heal is going to take time. Sometimes it can take, you know, a year to two years to really begin to feel you know, that they're themselves again. Wow. So it's a, it's a process, and it's going to take some time. But be patient with yourself. And, you know, the next thing is, look, although, you know, what their, their partner did was wrong, and, you know, stepping away from the relationship was a behavior that they chose to do, and they have to own up to that. However, for the hurt partner to understand what happened in this relationship, in their relationship, that both people contributed to. Because you don't just step away from the relationship 
of course, unless there's some type of addiction or, you know, some other factors. But if it's truly a disconnection in the relationship, understanding that you played a part in that disconnection. And as much as it's going to be difficult for you to take any ownership, you're owning the behavior that broke down the relationship. You're not owning the behavior of what your partner did to you. And there's a clear difference. Um, The next thing is it's okay to ask questions and want specific details, but I just caution the hurt partner to ask questions to help you piece things together, but protect your heart in obtaining too many details. I think you know what you know, and if the question you're going to ask is going to cause you more harm than help, then I think limiting the questions just to help you piece things together and to understand certain things, but not too many questions, especially in the very beginning, that can really hurt you. You're already hurt. Why damage yourself even more? And when you ask the questions, I think this is really important. You might want to kind of go in on the attack. I mean, look, you're, you're miserable. You're losing sleep. You're not eating. You know, you're suffering. And so you want to just jump in and say, you know, uh, you know, I'm pissed off at you. You did this to me. And you better answer these questions. And what I can tell you is that in doing it that way, your partner is going to shut down. They're not going to want to open up and, and share information with you. When you can say to them, you know, I'm feeling really um, scared or I'm feeling really angry, I need to talk with you and ask you some questions. When is a good time for us to sit down and do that? That approach, although you want to scream and yell at them, that approach will actually begin to let the, the unfaithful partner know that even though I did some damage, that I can come to you and I can talk with you about these vulnerable topics and that we're going to build trust in those conversations. So ask questions, but do so in a manner that's not attacking and more out of curiosity. That, I mean, that makes sense. And I mean, just to, I think you kind of just answered this uh, for the most part, but I mean, for the hurt partner, I mean, do you find that, they they get or they're they're more likely to you know survive the their, the other partner's infidelity if they want to get you know the exact details say of you know their the unfaithful partner's sexual involvement with somebody else does that um, help people or is that more damaging or does it just depend on the you know the hurt partner and and who they are as a, as a person because I think some people. You know, listening to this might be wondering, you know, it, you know, I want to find out the details, but is that just going to make me more likely to not, you know, stay stay together with this person? Maybe I don't want to know, but maybe I do. I mean, what, what's your thought on that? I guess it's kind of a really long, convoluted question. <laughs> it, it's a great question, and I don't know that there's one clear cookie-cutter answer to that. Ah, I think, that, you know, it, it's you know, you're kind of walking through very murky waters with this repair process. The way I describe it is you're kind of walking through like a deep, dark cave that's, you know, cold and, and there's a lot of 
murky waters and you're not really able to see what's in front of you and you're in it together with you know with the both of you and although that's the person who's hurt you the most that's the person you need to lean on the most so it's very challenging and it's it's a um it's a struggle you know throughout this process and some days you're going to feel on top of things and other days you're going to feel like what am i doing why am i here yeah. and and that's okay because you're walking through these murky waters um but eventually you can start to see the light at the end of the tunnel, but how you get there is going to look different for each couple. So to go back to your question, you know, is it okay to to get these details and and if someone out there is listening and is like, I want to know every single detail, then they have a right to that information. Um, Could it cause harm after they hear it? You know, it's kind of like the old saying, be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Uh, because it can come true. You don't know how you're going to feel after you hear certain things. But if it's important for you to move forward, then by all means, get that information. You know, if they need to see, you know, text messages or they need to read, you know, the, the strands of emails that you've had with this other person um, and that's going to help them, then that needs to be done. Um, for other people, they know enough and they want to protect their hearts and they know that they can work through it without all the details. So I think each couple just needs to understand what's right for them. That makes sense. And that's kind of, you know, what I'm, I was thinking you might be saying because, you know, people are just, you know, not cookie gutter, I guess is the best way to describe it. Um, so we, we kind of talked about, you know, what what each person should uh, be you know, mindful of and, and, and doing in terms of if they're the, the hurt partner the or the unfaithful partner. But, you know, just, you know, from your perspective doing what you do, which is a lot of, you know, couples work, um, what are your best suggestions if, you know, the couple comes together um, and wants to deal with infidelity? I mean, what's what's the best way for, you know, them to try to do it and, and get their relationship, you know, at least headed back towards, you know, being on track and, you know, a, a better place over time. Absolutely. And, and I think that's an important question for couples out there who, you know, maybe just realize that their partner has stepped out of the relationship or you just, you know, you, you saw something over their phone or an email or maybe somebody called you to give you this information and, and now things are, are exposed and your partner knows um, and, and you're looking at each other thinking, you know, now what? Um, I think the first thing to do is reach out for support. You don't need to do this alone and you shouldn't do this alone. For some people, they don't share this information with anyone. You know, it, it's um, there's a lot of shame that happens in um, in, with infidelity on both parts where, you know, the person who stepped out of the relationship feels embarrassed for what they've done or they feel, you know, that they've hurt their family and, and they're out of control on how to, you know, begin to even make things better. And for the hurt partner, you know, their family or friends might judge them if they decide to stay and might, 
you know, criticize them for staying. So for a lot of couples, they don't share this information with anyone. So you really need, you know, someone who is a very neutral party who's not going to judge you um, and who's going to be able to walk you through this very difficult journey. Um, So reaching out for support through um, a licensed professional, um, a licensed marriage and family therapist, a mental health counselor, um, anyone in that field who specializes in working with couples, complex couples issues like infidelity, and who has the proper training. Um, because, you know, without the therapist being um, a specialist in this particular area, it can actually do sometimes more harm than help. Um, yeah. This is a difficult topic, and you need to have a plan with the couple, a very specific plan. So reach out for help. Ask, you know, if you're comfortable, reach out to your friends and family or to that trusted professional. I also suggest getting some really great books. Um, There's a great one called After the Affair, which I recommend to all couples going through, you know, infidelity. Um, It's great for both partners, the hurt partner and the unfaithful partner. So anything that you can do to get support would be very beneficial. And doing it sooner than later, don't try to let things go or sweep things under the rug. Reach out for that help immediately so that you can begin this journey to repairing your relationship sooner than later. Right, and that makes a lot of sense. And, I mean, I guess it's um, just for the person reaching out, I mean, just, do you see it as something that the couple should be doing together ideally or, or maybe the, the hurt partner and unfaithful partner you know, doing separately and coming together or does it just depend on what, what they're up to doing? Uh, well, as a relationship you know, expert and, and a marriage and family therapist, I'm all about relationships. And so I always encourage the couple to come in together if they're able to do so. Well, okay. not all not all you know couples are open to doing that. Um, so there is a lot of benefit in even even having one partner come in. You can work on your relationship, even if your other you know your partner doesn't want to come in for for the help. Um, you can do relationship counseling whether it's an individual or a couple. But in my personal opinion, and in you know my experience, having the unit together. I can guide them together as a couple because truthfully, I want couples to begin to manage their relationship without needing a third party. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, that's ultimately the goal. So what 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 you're saying? I mean, I I think it makes sense um, at at least, and it seems pretty practical. I mean, if they're not coming together initially or at least soon, it would seem like the the recovery path is going to probably be a little bit harder. Um, right, but also just understanding that if, you know, your partner does not want to come, come on your own and, and seek the support for yourself and also, you know, to possibly get some good relationship, you know, suggestions and tips so that you can bring home to your partner. Right. Um, well, everyone, uh, we've been here with uh, Susan Block. She's, again, a, a licensed marriage and, and family therapist uh, down here in the South Florida area. And we're kind of getting close to the end of uh, what we're going through. But, you know, Susan, it, it, if you don't mind, uh, just for the people 
listening, um, if you could maybe just tell a little bit more about your practice, um, how you work with uh, your clients, couples, and individuals. I know you kind of do a unique thing with um, offering in-home services, um, and maybe give some of your contact information uh, so that if anybody wants to uh, talk talk with you about uh, getting uh, your help in their situation, uh, they have a little bit better idea how to do it. Well, first of all, I want to thank your audience for listening today. Um, look, if you're listening to this, then you know, this might be something, you know, you're dealing with or you have um, loved ones in your family that are going through this. And so I just want to thank the audience for taking some time to listen. Um, I also want to thank you, Chris, for allowing me to do this and and speak on something that, um, although it's very difficult, um, it's uh, a topic that I'm very passionate about. um, And and so thank you. Um, But I am a licensed marriage and family therapist in South Florida. I have an office right now located in Coral Springs. Um, I also do offer in-home couples counseling for couples that prefer having kind of that comfortable um, setting in their own home and having the therapist come to them. Um, It's an added um, little bit of confidentiality that they don't have to sit in a waiting room with other people. Um, So some couples really prefer that. Um, and I, I specialize in working with couples that are dealing with um, various issues, um, some of which we talked about today. And I also work with individuals who struggle with um, anxiety, grief and loss, um, stress management, and, and much more. So I can be reached at CoralSpringsCounselingCenter.com, which is my website. Again, that's CoralSpringsCounselingCenter.com. Um, I can also be reached, or you can find me on on Facebook uh, at Coral Springs Counseling, um, Susan Block. You can find me there. So definitely reach out, um, you know, whether you're coming in on an individual basis or if you're a couple in need, um, definitely reach out and give me a call. I offer a complimentary consultation um, over the phone as well as in the office. Um, Also feel free to sign up for my newsletter on my website. Um, There's a lot of great information that they can that you can find. So um, it's been a pleasure talking with um, you, Chris, today. And again, thank you to the audience for listening. Thanks so much, Susan. I really appreciate it. For more information about the StayMarriedFlorida.com podcast series, including previous podcasts on other relationship type issues, go to www.staymarriedflorida.com. That's www staymarriedflorida.com. For more information about South Florida divorce attorney Christopher Bruce, you may call 561-810-0170. That's 561-810-0170. Or go to his website, www.brucepa.com. That's www.bruce.com. P-A dot com. Thank you for listening.